Good morning. What is happening, everyone? Okay, the Thursday night game, it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable football, but like some of those crazy ones, it did not go at all like I expected. I thought Cincinnati would win 31-21. They, you know, had they got a late touchdown, possibly. They'd not miss that easy field goal. But still, even with even if the score had been close to what I projected, Jags did get 21. Cincinnati had to make a huge comeback and did not perform at all like I expected in that first half. Got to give credit to Jacksonville um, to even to play that well. The, like I said, the Bengals' defense did not do what I expected. In our league, Cindy, you know, I was going to pick up the Bengals in, in our home league, and she ended up getting them uh, and playing them, and they didn't do that, that great, you know. And so for Brian, we saw what they did for Brian, 11 points, just under 12. They did get a few sacks, but they played well enough, I think, especially on that fourth fourth down set. I thought at that time when the Jags were getting so close to halftime, up 14-0 on the road, I know you want to go for that dagger. But even 21-0 does not mean that the game's over. Because once the Bengals come out and score, you know, they get, I think 17 would have been almost as good. It would have been a small moral victory had the Bengals said, okay, hey, we held them to a field goal. But you're still down three possessions. You're just still down three scores. That opening drive where the Bengals scored made it 14-7. You're like, dude, a pick six, and they're they're tied after everything Jacksonville had done to really control the first half of uh, of the clock. So big disappointment for Jacksonville in the fact that I think, like I said, I would have if this was Madden, I'm taking that field goal. I'll go up, I'll run the clock down as much as I can, and I'll go up 17 nothing at half, and just and I'll be more than happy to be able to do that. Oh my cat. Otani's up here eating, so help me if he touches this wire. So let's start with that one. First one, we're not going to go, did we do Brian and Eric? No, we did not, so we'll start with Brian and Eric. We did not do their game review last night or yesterday, so we will start with them, starting right away with the defense, as we saw. Brian had the Bengals, 11.62. They were projected to get 29.88. That is a huge drop. The fact that they played so well, to me, it, it's a short week, right? Right. It's prime time. Jacksonville knows, hey, you know what? We're 0-3. Let's go out. Trevor Lawrence knows this is most likely his only game on prime time this year. I don't think they have any Monday night football games. I don't think uh, they're going to get flexed into a Sunday night game, you know, unless it was something. The only way you would see Jacksonville again is if, if their game at the end of the year, week 16 or 17, is against an opponent who is trying to run the table at, at an undefeated season, right? Then you know, then you could go. Okay, everyone wants to see that. It's history. We don't care if it's Jacksonville. We just want to see you know something like that. That would be about the only time you will see the Jags again in prime time. And if you if you know anything about football, which we all do, obviously, um, listening to the show and being in the league together, isn't it funny that every year they put in? I know this as a Bengals fan. You know, every year you would usually put the Jags uh, when they you you basically you put the teams that aren't that good. You put them on early. Remember a few years back, it was Buffalo against uh, Cleveland in the first, like, I think it was in the first month or five weeks. You usually want to put Baker Mayfield, you know, he made his big debut and he came out and played pretty well. He took over for Tyrod Taylor. And it just seems like you put the teams that you the previous year was not good or if you knew was not going to be good going into this season. And because they're still relevant, right? Hey, the Jags are 0-3. They're not 1-12. 
you're like, dude, nobody wants to see this. So Cincinnati looked good. I thought their defense played outstanding um, enough to win. I, I think for the football game they played, they did not play like they did against Pittsburgh. I don't know if that's a sign of the Steelers being maybe cooked, done, or or what, but they played great against the Bears, right? And that was with Andy Dalton. Justin Fields didn't, wasn't too hot, but back-to-back 20-plus point games, and then you come out on primetime at home against a, a bad, bad team that actually moved the ball and controlled the clock pretty well. A lot of first downs um, and only got 11 points. So I know disappointing for Brian. Great news for Eric. As he's trying to get the three and one, Brian's trying to get his first win of the season. So that is out of the way. That's a huge drop. That that hurts Brian. Now he is a one point underdog. So just in the mere fact that going into this matchup, he was favored, right? And now getting almost twenty points less than his defense was projected, his twenty point lead is now down to a minus one point. Let's look at quarterbacks: Baker Mayfield at Minnesota or Aaron Rodgers at home against Pittsburgh. Burrow threw, threw three touchdowns. He didn't break 300, but he threw three touchdowns against Pittsburgh. I think Green Bay will easily cover. I will take... Mm, yeah, do I want him? Would I take... Yeah, I think I'll take Rodgers. I know Minnesota's defense is not elite. They're good. They're a bend but don't break. Um, they will give up yards. But Russell Wilson did not go out and dominate last week on the road, so it's hard for me to see Baker. I could see the Browns winning this game. At Minnesota, if they get the run game, Chubb and Hunt heavily involved, I could see them winning this game. But overall, I'm, I would take, I would feel Rodgers has a safer, a safer floor. Mayfield might have to throw if the situation comes where Minnesota is scoring enough to where Cleveland can't just sit back and rely on the run, and their defense is good enough. But on the road, we'll see if it's good enough to hold that Vikings offense, who has been outstanding the first three weeks. They should be three and zero. I mean, I guess you can't say they should be. Obviously, they didn't. They played well enough to be 3-0. They played well enough to beat Cincinnati. That was a really good game. Bengals won that in overtime. They played really well enough to beat Arizona. They should have made that that kick. The kicker missed an easy kick. I think that's his only miss all year. That was definitely one they should have won. And then they did pick up their first win last year. So they played outstanding. So that's a lot of talk just to say I think Rodgers is better this week. Chris Carson, DeAndre Swift, or Jamal Williams, David Montgomery. Did we do? I feel like we talked about these these guys. Oh, maybe it was on the game recap. That's what it was. Because I'm like, I feel like I just talked about Montgomery. But that was on the game recap where Austin was going heads up against Eric. Carson at San Francisco. If I can have any running back crew this week between these ones, I would feel safer with Swift and Carson. Carson hasn't done anything to really blow the doors off. You know, 12, 15, 16, he's consistent, right? And that's okay. That's what you want. And DeAndre Swift, though, he's got two 20-plus point games out of three. So I really love DeAndre Swift. I think he will have a big game at Chicago just in the fact that he's going to be involved in the passing game a lot. But I think Montgomery, this could be Montgomery's. It all depends on quarterback. Now, if Justin Fields goes out there, Nagy, the head coach, did apologize, and, you know, he said it's on him. They do need to it, – it was like Fields had nowhere to go. That was a good Browns defense. I know the Lions played outstanding against the Ravens. They should have won that game. That one they should have. No one makes 66 yarders very often to win that game. And a fourth and 19. I don't know if anyone saw that highlight. 
Lamar Jackson, fourth and 19, picked up the first down. I mean, he threw it. It wasn't a run, but still outstanding to keep that drive and the game alive. But if Justin Fields can get something where the offense is almost uh, simplified and makes it to where he can get a few bootlegs or get it where he can get out in the open and make some plays with his legs, that would open it up for Montgomery, I think. I think Montgomery can have a good game. I think DeAndre Swift has the best game out of all of them. I mean, look at Montgomery at the Rams. He had 24 points. If Andy Dalton plays, expect Montgomery to do better, but I still think they got to get something with Fields. Jamal Williams, what did he do? Let's see. He had. I know he had a big game. Was it week one or two? Yeah, 26. He had a big – that was late in the game. He didn't He didn't dominate. Swift still had like 70% of the touches. He didn't do much against the, the Packers, which was surprisingly his old team. 14 last week against uh, Baltimore. So if – Jamal Williams can go out and grab 15 points. That will really help. To you, if Williams just needs to match Carson, and Montgomery doesn't have to match Swift. Swift, you know, Eric's team with the fact that Brian's defense really hurt him, and I think Aaron Rodgers will play better than Mayfield. He doesn't have to make up too much. Just try to. He just needs one of his running backs to get 15 to 20 to keep it close. But I do like Brian's running backs more this week. Wide receivers, Terry McLaurin. He's going to be a bad defense. And when the last time he did that, or the last time he was on primetime, he went against, who did they play? Who did Washington play? The Giants. There we go. Remember that game? That was a not a great defense, but a good Thursday night game. And he had 35 points. Last week at Buffalo, much better. Defense, 11 points. I don't think Atlanta, I think he's between there. 35 and 11. I think we go somewhere around 22 this week. I think that would be outstanding for Brian. Devonta Smith, I'm hearing good things about him uh, on other fantasy. They're naming a bunch of stats that we don't really think about where he's so close to making big plays. It was there week one. It just hasn't connected the next two weeks. Playing at home against Kansas City, the Chiefs, we saw that Mike Williams destroyed them. Keenan Allen had a touchdown, had a good game against them. So I expect the Eagles to do good enough or well enough to make Devonta Smith at least get Devonta Smith to at least get his projection of 14.28 points. I'm thinking a 15-point game. If McLaurin and Smith go 23 and 15, that's with his running backs. That will be good enough to keep. You want to try to get your guys to at least keep you competitive. Mean, meanwhile, I'm going still with uh, Eric's receivers. I just can't. Like I said, Justin Jefferson had the big breakout game last week. He has not been bad all year. He's been one of the vocal points of the or one of the leaders of that offense, and I think it's going to continue at home against Cleveland. Tyreek Hill at Philly, you know, who's who's going to have the better game? I'll say this. Whoever has the better game between Devonta Smith and Tyreek Hill might have a huge advantage. I know we said this last week with Jalen Ramsey. Excuse me. If he could take whoever had the worst game, but they were, it was like 24 to 19. That's not what I mean. When I say whoever has the better game, I mean if Tyreek Hill goes for 42 or 35, and Devonta Smith goes for 12, that might be the game right there with the mere fact that the Bengals' defense did not project get what it was projected. But if Tyreek Hill goes for 11 and Devonta Smith goes for 22, that could help be the difference. I mean, the 10-point swings are huge when right now it's projected as a one-point game. All that being said, I like Brian's receivers. I like them for all season. But there's not many teams I'm going to take I mean, I would take right now, if I could have Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson, I would prefer them over 
Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams. Now, Metcalf, I left off that list. Metcalf, at the moment, you know, that changes. He's probably my number one favorite receiver. Uh, he reminds me of, like, a Calvin Johnson type, and he's got incredible speed. They just don't seem to target him sometimes. Uh, he can be taken out of games, and he does have lack of concentration at, at certain times. But, man, he's such a I, – I enjoy watching him play. You know, he's one of those players where I go, man, I get excited when his when – his, Games on when his team's out there, kind of like Derrick Henry, where they're just freaks. You know, they're big. They look like, you know, Captain America out there in a football uniform. And like Aaron Judge. That's what I used to always tell my kids. Oh, that looks like Captain America. There's Aaron Judge. So anyways, Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson, I would probably want out of every wide receiver combo we have in our league, with the exception, like I said, if I said, hey, you can give me Metcalf and Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill and Jefferson, I would take. Because it's Metcalf, I would take Metcalf and Adams. Adams has been one of the top receivers so far. But if it was Keenan Allen, no. I got to go Hill and Jefferson by a mile. So uh, Eric's receivers look better this week. That would be a big part. Kelsey, can is this the week? I'm, and yes, I'm going to talk about this every week. Is this the week Kyle Pitts finally steps up, finally gets his first touchdown? Came so close last week. I really felt it coming against the Giants, and it did not happen. We'll see if he gets it. Kelsey, I think, against Philly, he's Kelsey. You know, he, he is more consistent. He's not a guy too often where, like we said with Tyree Kill, where he's had two weeks in a row where he's had single digits. You're not going to see that with Kelsey um, often, at least two weeks in a row. And I expect him to get what his projection is, 20. Every week I'm counting on him for 20. So I'm going to definitely go with Brian's tight end. But, and it's a big but, Pitts eventually has to. He's going against a Washington team that is not playing outstanding. And we just saw Knox. Didn't Knox have two touchdowns, I think, uh, for Buffalo? I could be wrong, but I thought he had two. He had a big game. And they have guys, other weapons there. The, the Falcons don't have a bunch, but they do have Calvin Ridley. So maybe this is the week Pitts goes out there and has a three touchdown. If he did something like that, oh, man, this game's, this game's over. Brian cannot expect to win if he's, his defense has already struggled. He's going against Aaron Rodgers. He's going against Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson. And then Pitts goes off for a two-touchdown game. That that takes away Brian's one, you know, one, what is the word I'm thinking? Advantage, I guess, his advantage. Because having Kelsey or Waller or Kittle at times um, is, is basically like a heads up, a slight home field advantage, uh, so to speak, because not a lot of teams have good tight ends. And to have someone who's just someone you can count on as 20 points a game is a huge luxury for Brian's team. But, yeah, we'll see if Pitts – I think – I'm going to keep saying it. I, he's got to get it done against Washington after we saw what they did last week. Hey, even Higby had a good game, I think, week one against him. I could be wrong. They didn't play in week one. Did they even play Washington this year? No, they did not. That was last year. Well, who the heck played Washington week two? I, I'm not going to look. Anyways, who cares? Elijah Mitchell, Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju injured. We'll see if he plays. They need him. Um, with Deontay Johnson possibly not playing, you, you want to get him. If he does not play, look for Najee Harris to get another 19 targets. Elijah Mitchell, if he plays, if he plays, is he going to get his job back? He played really well that week one against Detroit. Trey Sermon, I thought, played well. Not as well as Mitchell did week one. Um, but Mitchell, I think, had more carries and had a... Uh, an easier defense. So we'll see. I like Juju more than Mitchell, just in the fact that Sermon will be involved, and Juju is going to get a lot of underneath stuff if he plays. 
quarterbacks. I like both. I know on there it's showing, if you look it up, you'll see the Jets' defense is supposed to be um, really good against quarterbacks. It really rate. It's not because that. It's because, like I said last week, Bridgewater did not play bad. He did. There's no reason to play good. Uh, the Jets, who did they play in week two? Oh, I think the Patriots. Ma- uh, Mac Jones, he had an okay game because he didn't have to. You know, I thought James White did pretty good that game. They um, 100 yards for their other running back. His name's escaping me. Oh, my gosh. His name's escaping me. How is it doing it? Uh, begins with a D, his first name. Anyways, the Patriots, when they played him, they didn't have to, again, throw on him. It's almost like when you're down uh, the, and you're playing the – or you're, when you're winning, you're playing the Jets, you're not going to throw all over them. You know, when the Chiefs are going to play the Jets, that's a game uh, where you're like, okay, is Mahomes even playing when the fourth quarter starts? Is it a lot of handoffs the second half? And I think the Jets' um, defense is misleading. So I think Tannehill still has a good enough game to get his 23 projected points. Bridgewater, I think, might get more than his projected 21. In this case, based on matchups, this is not one where you go, oh, well, it's the Jets. They suck. Give me, give me Tannehill all day. Because it might be more of a Derrick Henry game. Uh, they both, remember, both right now, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown are both injured and questionable to even play. So that will hurt Tannehill even more. But I still think he can get his 20. I think Bridgewater might go for 25 to 30. He's going to have to throw against that Baltimore defense. So although Goff didn't last week, I think that's just because the Ravens just, like I said, they dropped balls. I saw some of that game. I didn't watch it very much. But I did get there in time to see Hollywood Brown drop some big plays, including most likely a touchdown. That would have changed the whole trajectory of the game. So I think Bridgewater, I would prefer this week over Tannehill. Going Niners defense, what else can you do? I think the Niners defense can outscore 11 points if they do not for the Bengals. And I think the Niners might give up more, right? Cincinnati gave up 21. I could see the Seahawks scoring 24 or 28. But the Niners defense, I think, will get some turnovers, which the Bengals did not do. Uh, It says one sack because a couple plays, uh, Trevor Lawrence, it was like a QB draw because they got him behind the line of scrimmage. So you're almost like, man. You want those sacks because they were getting in so quick anyways. It's like, dude, QB draw or not, uh, you weren't going anywhere. So only one sack. So I think the Niners will do more than that. I think they can get anywhere from 17, which is a, a big help because if they just got 17 and the Bengals got 30, that would have really hurt Eric. And then finally, last player's defense, they're a wash. Both of them are good. Both are projected to get 13-16. So going over all of this, looking at the teams, I feel safer with Eric's roster because Brian's roster is good enough to win. He scored 180, I believe, week one. Uh, he's, he's had a two out of his three games that he lost were ones that he, he could have won. Let me go over them real quick. Let's see. Week three. Last week. Yeah, last week it was just that was his worst week. 123. Nothing went right. Yeah, he scored 180. Week two he scored 180, and Elijah scored 219. You know, what are you going to do there? And then week one, look how he scored 178. So – he had two good weeks. Remember, we, we were seeing guys get wins with, you know, 160. He's got 178 and lost. Nick scored 181, right? So he lost by lost by um, three. Week two, he scored 180. Elijah's got 219. Let's see all the people he could have beat that week. That was a good week for people. Um, he could have beat one, two, three, four, five. He could have beat five teams that week, and he just happened to go against Elijah, who had 219. And then the following week, he, his team just didn't show up. It's one of those weeks where you're like, okay, whatever. So we'll see if his team can 
get it in their projections only by one. But I feel much, much safer looking at these rosters if you said, who could I have? Brian can win if several things go right. Right? He needs Devonta Smith to get it going. He needs Eliza Mitchell to get maybe 12 to 15 carries. Bridgewater, the Ravens have to score on that good Broncos defense, and they're at home, so they might not. So game script might pull out some of his guys. Well, Eric Rodgers is going to move the ball. Montgomery should have a good game. Tyreek Hill, I, it's going to bust back out to a 30-point game. I'm thinking, I, you know, I could be wrong. I thought Jamar Chase was going to have 100 yards and a touchdown. He did not. I did say he would have, uh, I think, six for 100 and a touchdown. He had six for 77 and no touchdown. So, so you know, I had the feeling it would be a good game. I thought the Bengals would win by 10. I thought they would be in front the entire game. Totally off. At least the second half was much better, and the game was enjoyable. Uh, as just a football fan, I enjoyed watching the game, not as a Bengal or a Jaguar fan. Just the game in, in general. Fantasy purpose, everything. It, everybody mixing at a touchdown, you know. And, you know, what's hilarious is Uzama. I look, remember, because I mentioned Cole Komet is killing me. I talked to Dino and Austin today. I was like, you know what? I wanted to get Knox, but Dino picked him up, and I didn't want his waiver wire. I looked at, as I'm looking through all the tight end list. I looked at Uzama, and I thought, oh, you know what? Hey, I can grab Uzama. How is he going to be worse than Komet, right? I can put him out there Thursday night. He might, you know. Higgins is gone, but I was like, no. When you actually look at Uzama's stats coming into this game, I cannot grab a guy who had less points than Komet. Komet had one point last week, maybe two. And Uzama, you know what he had last week? Zero. He had zero catches, zero points. He didn't even get a tackle on a turnover. He was, yeah, I could not do that. I could not. He had no good games this year. I'm like, why would I drop Komet, who at least had nine points week one, for a guy who had no catches last week? So, Anyone who played them in another league would have to have been, they had zero options or they're like a 20-team league where you're, you're low. And then he goes out there, and when I saw him get that first touchdown, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And then he got the second touchdown. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. So it was fun. It was funny, but I was like, it, I wasn't like, oh, I should have played. You know, I, I didn't, I wasn't going to get him. Once I did look at him, though, I did think if he would have had like 9 to 10 points last week, I would have 100% picked him up. But the fact that they rolled the Steelers and he had zero targets, no way. I thought, hey, Mixon will have a big game. The Bengals D will have a big game. Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd will have big games with Higgins out. But there's no way that uh, Uzama's going to go out maybe have more than two catches. And he had a big game. That's fantasy football, man. You know, anyone who plays him on uh, those fantasy ones, uh, the gambling sites, if you'd played them, you'd have made huge bucks because that would have been such a huge investment. But it's a huge crap shot, too. So I've talked way too much. What's the time? Yeah, 22 minutes on one game. I guess it doesn't really matter. We talked a little bit about the Bengal game. I'm only going to cover a couple more games. Let's get to, we'll get to my game against Mario and the mere fact that Mario does listen. Thank you, Mario. I didn't know you did. All right. Mario's, my team is projected to, to win 203 to 164. We saw the news that he made the trade with Mixon. So Mixon is locked into his roster. If you look at just his team, he will no longer have Mixon. Mixon is gone and on Jacob's team now. About the trade, what are my thoughts? I thought it was good. You know, uh, the only thing what I would say is um, you're trading guys that are open. Usually you don't see that. You don't see guys traded like Diggs and Mixon who can be kept next year. You might want to go, you know what, I'm going to keep Mixon, I'm going to keep Diggs, and try to trade my contract guys. That said, if you trade your contract guys, you're not going to get the same draft capital. You know, it's, it's not like it used to be. You know, uh, where you go, hey, I'm trading Diggs. I want a first-round pick. 
and I'm going to trade whatever it is. I want a second round. I want for Mixon a first round pick. You could maybe get a first round pick. I don't think Mixon right now. If if we were starting, if you started all, all the way over, I I don't know any league where Mixon would go in the first round. So based on that, you know, you could try, but I I wouldn't give up a first form. A second is good, and in our league, it's even better. I I love the fact that we do the contract league because it it allows you to like Jacob did trade say you know what Kamara's done it this year I'm not gonna be able to keep him I might not make playoffs I'm still gonna try to be competitive right he got back Trey Sermon he got a Niner and he's a Niner fan so he got a player he liked uh, he got a guy who can still break out and a guy he can keep next year you know it's almost like baseball and hockey I think with our contract league it's taken the trade deadline of the NHL um and the MLB, where you trade guys for picks, or you trade guys, although MLB can't trade picks, I believe. But you trade, do you? I don't think you can. I thought you couldn't trade future picks. Anyways, I don't want to get off uh, get off topic. But, you know, you get that NHL trade deadline, you would see the big names move because they were going to be free agents. And we, have, we added that aspect. Our league has so much, a little bit of every kind of emotion from other sports. I love it. Um, but, yeah, I thought mixing for a second, that's a solid deal. Because if you, if Mixon was on a free agent or had couldn't be kept, there, I don't I don't see Jacob doing that. Mario might be getting a fourth round pick back. You know, Kamara. There's no way I'm giving a first or second for Kamara when I can't keep him, and I gave up a third, a fifth, and then some youth. You know, there's ways to work deals out now, and we all kind of see it. You know, I'm not gonna like right now. I can't say, oh, I'm done. You know, I'll, I'll trade Derrick Henry, who's a free agent next year, for a first round pick when no one's gonna keep him. You know, I mean, you could try it. You could say, hey, you know what? I'm going to hold everyone hostage. Everyone can do their own negotiating tactics, and it might work. If someone's real desperate, let's say Dino Dan's on the verge. I don't even know if he has a first. I think he does. But you're on the verge. It's Matt who traded his first. If you're at the trade deadline and you're like, dude, I'm 8-1, and one, and I just lost Aaron Jones, or I just lost Saquon Barkley, whatever it is, and I need that top running back, this is it. I don't want to lose it. And you know, hey, that first-round pick most likely could be – the 12th pick, which would be great. It's worth it then. You don't care. You got the championship. Or it could be 10th or 11th. It's worth the gamble. I'll do it. Shoot, I'll do it. And then you pick up uh, an elite running back. You know, you go grab someone who's going to be really good. You get the Christian McCaffrey, who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Whatever, you know what I'm saying. So about the trade, I thought it was a good one for Mario. He's looking at it saying, you know what? I don't see my team even maybe making the playoffs. He's still competing. You know, he's still got Nick Chubb. He's still got... Uh, Jalen Hurts, he's got some draft picks now. He's going to have draft capital. He's going to be like Eric. Look how good Eric's team is now, whether it's starting out with high scoring or not as being elite. His team is an elite team. When it comes to talent, it's just got to perform. Take in mind, he also has two injuries of Higgins. Uh, T. Higgins, who's an, a, should be the Bengals wide receiver one right there with Chase. And he also lost Mostart, who would be a big play running back for that Niners. So the fact that he has all this extra depth he still, I think he has Gaskins. He's got um, Montgomery. He's got Jamal Williams. He's got players. That's what you get when you when you build for the following season with multiple second and third round picks. He got a, and then the other trade, Chase Edmonds, which we'll go through tomorrow or today later. He's he he got rid of Chase Edmonds and got a, a fourth round pick. Fourth round picks this year got Trey Sermon. The fourth round pick this year got I'd have to go look through it. I just remember who I drafted, but there was a lot of good talent. I mean, heck. Brandon Cooks got taken in the 12th round. Fourth round picks are a lot of good guys. I want to say maybe third round was Javonta Williams. 
who I think will break out for Denver coming up soon. Um, but yeah, there's a lot, there'll be a lot of talent. Every year we have new guys coming in free agent lists and then all the rookies coming in. So building for next year, Mario can be going, hey, you know what, whatever pieces I have, let's try to build. Be competitive, try to make it a challenge for my opponents, and at the same time be thinking of next season to where I can build a team that is a powerhouse. So I thought it was a great move, great move. That being said, uh, I didn't see it get reached six votes till after the Bengal game, so I couldn't pass it through in time for that. I don't know if uh, Jacobs – I think Jacobs happy about it now, the fact that Mixon only had 13. Not a bad game, but not what I thought. I thought he would have a big 20-plus point game. Now, where was I? Oh, my team against Mario. Yeah, Mario's still got Nick Chubb, who I think will have a really big game on the road against Minnesota. Derek Carr, I think, will go for 30 again against that Charger defense. Zach Pasquale, Robbie Anderson – you think Anderson's got to eventually break out again. I mean, he's a big play guy. You, he can't just fall off the map like that, and Sam Darnold uh, can trust him. So I don't think we'll see another, come on, man, one-point performance. Edmonds will be gone. He's going to get Hunter Renfro. Maybe So he'll have one, two, three guys going on that Monday night game. So if he's within you know 50 points, easily, he can have Cook, Hunter Renfro, and Derek Carr, if he's within 50 points on that Monday night game, those guys can make the difference. You know, he can make the game close like he just did this last Monday night and almost beat Jacob. I got Dak. I think Dak has a tough matchup at home. Since that week one, they've been getting the running game going, and Dak has not been as elite as I was hoping for. Uh, I'm still going to start him. You know, who, who, I'm not going to put him Wentz in there over Prescott. Carolina's D has been so solid. I'm hoping that they can take a little bit of the run game away so Prescott will have to throw. Kamara and Henry, yeah, I'm going to take Kamara and Henry over Chubb and Mixon. Metcalf and Adams, definitely. Two, they're right there with Eric's uh, Tyree Kill and Justin Jefferson. Now, if he still had Chase Edmonds and Keenan Allen being injured, I might say, hey, Edmonds could have a good game in the, in the past game for the Cardinals against the Rams. We saw running backs do well against the Rams. So I would say, hey, that might be a wash, uh, but Edmonds is no longer going to be there. Matt Ryan, Jalen Hurts, um, this is where he excels. I would take Jalen Hurts all day against Kansas City over Matt Ryan against Washington. I think Matt Ryan can do well for me uh, in games where he needs to score. I don't know if he's going to have to against Washington. Yeah, their defense is bad. But if he can just get me 20 points, I'm excited with that. And then the defense, Colts at Miami, Bears against Detroit. I am 100% going Bears defense. So, yeah, this should be one to where the projection's high. Mario, If Mario wins this, this would be one of the biggest – um, upsets. I mean, I hope nobody on my team gets hurt, but that it would have to be something because the, the players on there compared to his receipt, just the receivers alone uh, really, really excel. His running backs are good. His quarterbacks are good. So with his QB play, and he needs both his running backs. Well, Mixon already played. He needs Chubb to have a 25-30 point game. Carr and Hurts both go for 30. That's over 100 points right there. Then he just needs his receivers to do the rest and his defense. And our final game is Nick against Bishop Sycamore, Steve against Team Nick. Nick needs to come with a team name unless he wants to stick with Team Nick Rotherham. Uh, man, it's midnight. i got to finish this. i got to get to bed. Tom Brady against New England. i got to go Brady. I know Lamar Jackson is still always going to be an elite quarterback. He's good for 20 game, even on a bad week. Last week he had 20, but he's at mile high. Denver's pretty good. It's, you know, it's a different place when you play there. Some of your throw, just like I've heard pitchers, the ball doesn't go the way you kind of want, want at times. The, the passing, unless you're used to it, um, I'm going to take, maybe he'll run all over the place. 
and be on the sideline sucking down oxygen. But I'm going to take Brady in, in the Sunday night game definitely on this this week. I mean, Brady last week did it again, 40 points against the Rams. I will take Brady. Running backs, i got to go Zeke and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Naheem Hines, he's very serviceable. He can go for 15 to 20. He's a great pass catching back. i got to see more from Miles Sanders before I can trust him. For him to reach that 14 points, I don't know if he'll even do that. Maybe. I mean, he can. He can go for 20. Him and Jalen Hurts were looking good the last few games of the season last year to where you go, hey, man, they can run that RPO. Uh, Sanders, it can open up a lot for Sanders. He ran all over the Saints in that, and Hurts' big, uh, I think, opening or his first start. But still, Zeke, Edwards Hilaire had a big game last week. Uh, finally, they got him more involved. Him and Zeke, I think, will will dominate on that. Wide receivers, we have to see if Julio, if Julio Jones plays. C.D. Lamb, what can the Panthers do? C.D. Lamb or Julio Jones or Mike Williams and Mike Evans. Mike Evans against New England. Man. New England's going to take away someone. They always do. And I think they'll take away Mike Evans. I think Godwin has the better game. I could be wrong. It could be vice versa. But Mike Williams on that Monday night game, he's until they, until anyone stops him, you got to go with Williams. I would take Knicks just in the mere fact that none of them are injured. Julio Jones is questionable, and he had not practiced. And if they do get a big lead on the Jets and just start handing it off, Jones might not be involved that much after that. CeeDee Lamb, I think, can have a good game. He might be able to equal Mike Evans if New England takes him out of it. But still, the fact that Williams has played so great, out of those four receivers, Williams is who I would want the most this week. And Evans is, you know, he could be, he could, Evans could have the big game Why? Godwin gets taken out. So I'm going with Nick's receivers. Tight end, I think Thomas could have a good game. What did he do last week? 11 points, 9. Yeah, he hasn't had a breakout game. I thought he had a touchdown. He might have, but he hasn't had really broken out. I'm going Darren Waller against the Chargers. Last year when he played at home in Vegas against the Chargers was our first or our second round playoffs, and Waller went for like 37 to 40 against me. Brian had him in the playoffs, and that and Keenan Allen got injured and did nothing. And that was the difference in our game because I lost by like 12. That was like a, you know, Keenan Allen not playing and Waller getting nearly 40 and Keenan Allen projected to get 20-something getting like three. That was the game right there. That decided it. Uh, you know, it didn't at the time. It was a Thursday night game, so we still didn't know. But it, hindsight, looking at it afterwards. So I th- I'm going to go again with Waller for sure this time for him to excel. Gronk, he's got to play on that Thursday on that Sunday night game. I think Gronk can outperform DJ Moore against Dallas. Dallas defense, their secondary looks better. Uh, Moore, you, we might see Robbie Anderson. We might see Chuba Hubbard. We could see, you know, maybe the young tight end get some play. DJ Moore has had good games. I'm still going to go with Gronk just in the fact that I think Brady's going to want to feed it to him as they try to get stick it to Belichick in New England. Cousins and Jimmy G, I think Jimmy G will have a good game. Unless they get down near the two or, you know, in the goal line area and they pull it, put in Trey Lance. I hate that because that's killing Jimmy G's value. I have him in a dynasty league and it's like I have Lance as well, but I'm not going to play Lance. You, It's like I got to have Jimmy G get out there and get some of these touchdowns. I think they'll move the ball against Seattle. I think he, he's going to need a 300-yard game. Steve's going to need him to get 300 yards so he can get that five-point bonus. I'm still taking Cousins because he's had three really good games and he's at home and I think he'll do it again. Defense, Buffalo against Houston. I know, I know both of these are really good games. If it was at Tennessee, I would actually say it's a wash. I would say, you know what? Both of them are going to break 30. Buffalo just destroyed Washington. 
what are they going to do to General Mills and the Houston Texans? I'm going to take Buffalo's defense by a mile on this one for Steve. He needs the Bills' defense, and he needs Brady and Gronk. Those three to all go for 35. You know, Gronk get 20, Brady go for 40, the Bills' D go for 40, and that would really give his team a chance with some help from CeeDee Lamb, some help from uh, Bosa, you know, if he has a big Monday night game. He needs that because Nick's team, the Titans, I think, are going to do really well against the Jets. I don't know if they'll break 30. You know, if you get 20 because the Jets at home, they, you know, they got to figure something out eventually. Uh, but I like Nick's linebacker, Kendricks, as well. All that being said, Nick is projected to win this by only five, right? Only five. I got to see it from Miles Sanders. I got to see Julio, Julio Jones play. And I got to see if Logan Thomas can do have an actual big game like 20 points. Steve, those are the keys for Steve. For Nick, just Clyde Edwards Delaire continue to be involved and hope that Mike Evans is not the weapon they try to take away from Brady that they focus on Godwin. But ever, other than that, this would be a really good game. Steve needs this. He doesn't need it. He can go to one and three and still make playoffs. I'm just saying, emotionally, after you know losing the way he did to Austin, where he had that game and the overtime game by Seattle allowed Austin to win that. And then to lose last week where no one else showed up but Brady, psychologically you just go, okay, he's got to get this. You know, this is a big game for Steve because his team is better than his record. Nick's team is could be 3-0. and His team is as good as his record, uh, and he's one of the high-scoring teams. Look for Nick to most likely break 190 again. If I had to say what roster would I want this week, I would really be intrigued to have Steve's just in the fact that it's nice to have Brady and Gronk on that big Sunday night game. But I'm gonna I would prefer Nick's roster overall for points. I think Nick's gonna win that game. Um, but what do I know? You know, I thought Elijah would be one and two at best at this point, and he's two and one, almost three and zero. Oh. So those are the breakdowns of those three games. We talked about the trades. We talked about Thursday night football. You guys won't hear from me again until possibly Monday, but it was uh, hopefully entertaining. What's the time? 38. Hey, I did it under 40 minutes. Um, I didn't go off any tangents, tangents and dribble, drabble, and blah, blah, blah too much. But keep the trades coming. If you get word of a trade, break it to me if you if you can. You know, I talked with Dino. Sorry, Dino. I didn't get that done when I was on my phone at practice today. That was my, my work phone. I had some safety meetings I had to get done. Um, also, I didn't get to it also because afterwards I started watching the game. When I got home, we, we had dinner and I was watching the game. So I never could check my phone until afterwards. And then I uh, did see the trade go through. And so, But if you can let me know ahead of time, I can break that as soon as we make the trade. Um, it's fun doing them. So hope you guys have a great Friday, a safe Friday. I'll see Dino Dan. I'll see you, Austin, tonight. Uh, go Rams. Let's see if we can get a W. That being said, Make sure your rosters are set. I know last week Elijah missed a guy. Uh, Steve missed a guy. You don't want to lose a game like that or even flirt with that because all these games, we see how close these games are. And um, make sure you got everybody. Check it, you know, maybe 9 o'clock Sunday morning, and you'll know the rest of the day. You've got all your guys in. And uh, that's it. Yeah, I'm drifting. I'm sailing. I'm flailing. Have a good weekend. Be safe, and I will talk to you guys Monday. Peace. Yeah.